From OFS, I'm Doug Shapiro. This is the Imagine a Place podcast, where we explore the power of place and the role of design in our lives. Stacy Patton is my guest today. She's the Principal and Hospitality Interior Design Director for DLR, a global architecture and design firm. We had so much fun together. She brings some great insight to the podcast on how we can shape the future of hospitality environments. In this episode, she shares with us a major shift in how hotels and resorts can make the most of their real estate footprint. She also talks about the importance of the arrival experience and the three types of guest profiles that we need to be thinking about as we design the next hospitality experience. big part of the industry that I think will change is, you know, in hospitality design, we design these environments with a lot of intent and purpose. We spend a lot of time discussing the every nuance and minutia of design, whether it's the music, the sound, the, you know, the placement of things or the sort of programming piece. Um, but prior to coronavirus and the pandemic, a lot of uh, a lot of the primary focus is to kind of design it for this way, and it should always stay this way. And I think what we're seeing in the future here, again, as we all kind of get back to these spaces that we love, is that guests are really wanting a sense of choice. Um, so, for example, if you and I go into a lobby. Um, you know, we have a group of people, some friends, you know, we want to kind of like make that space our own. Um, we want to maybe push some chairs around or, you know, just, you know, kind of not be so constrained. And that's mm. what I was referring to about how we previously designed spaces where it's like, this is where you sit. This is where you do social. This is where you do work. This is where you eat at the bar. And all these elements were really defined and they had to stay that way. But I think as we look at the future, I truly believe that one of the biggest changes will be in finally giving guests the options of choice, the choice to move furniture around or adapt their environment to go instead of, you know, doing a typical meeting in a meeting room, can we do it outside or could we do it in a blended lobby environment that creates, you know, social interjection into that. Um, and, and that is going to really be hard, you know, for a lot of people, it could be hard for a lot of brands, it could be hard for a lot of owners to be mm. comfortable living in that space where we say, okay, we're going to really just give this environment back to guests and, you know, kind of see what they do with it and, and see how it goes. I, I like that the choice of words there to actually give it back to the guests. Is, is interesting. It is a very vulnerable place to be, probably even as a designer, um, to think, you know, you're going to leave what you've worked really hard on and uh, you could come back in, in a year's time and it could be very different just because of the way people have decided to use it. I wonder the notion of choice, because clearly there was choice before, but you had to, you might choose what 
activity you wanted to serve or consume, and then you would go there in those places to do it. What you're saying now is people should con- should have that choice, but they have the choice to do it wherever it's best suited for them. So it's it's almost like, do places have less purpose? I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Do they you know, are, are there always going to be kind of like two for, you know, two furs and three furs where it's like, Hey, this place is going to be these four or five different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, I think, um, if you look at it from a, the perspective, like you said, of, of a singular space, having three or four dimensions to it, um, we could, probably see a pretty radical difference in the amount of real estate you need to provide to these environments. You know, think about right now, typical hotel programming is you've got a lobby, you have a restaurant, you have a bar, you have a meeting room or multiple meeting rooms. You have guest rooms, obviously. You may have a rooftop, you may have a terrace, you may have, oh, let's do a podcast room or recording uh, room. And then there might be a spa, you know, so you've got like all of these spaces that have a singular purpose and that grows the program and it grows the need for the space, the real estate, and it all affects your pro forma, right? So if we can think about it in a different way to say, okay, let's take our main lobby and the lobby is the meeting space. It is the workspace. It is a a communal dining space. It's an area where you could even start to step beyond what we normally see. And you can do a yoga retreat. You could do a fashion show. You could do a Hmm. a TED talk. You know, so it's like if we can afford some flexibility and adaptation to a common space, um, yeah, it can be multiple things. And it could be multiple things, even throughout one single day. I I really am excited about that. And I think it's going to challenge, you know, our hospitality operators, because, you know, the operators are the folks that are living in that um, space every day. And they're trying Mm. to service that guest every day. Um, And there has been a lot of resistance in the past because of, you know, driving perhaps, um, headcount, you know, having to hire more staff or just, you know, it just in general requiring more work, you know, if, if people change that, you know, furniture layout, um, who's going to put it back? You know, if people move the walls, well, who's going to put it back? Um, so it does drive a lot of hesitancy on the risk about the time management piece to, to go into that. But, um, I think it's just so cool because, you know, again, the, the cool, the idea to allow spaces to be many things to guests because it gives them just a way to interact. Um, I really think that we've been all sitting <laughs> in our homes for, yeah. you know, near, nearly a year. I mean, just wait till we break out of these places and it's going to be more than just social. I mean, it's going to be, uh, such a craving to be interjected into a space and 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 really have it become something exciting. So I, I think it can be really neat. I, I agree with that last statement very much. I think that the pressure for hospitality to perform and delight is going to be off the charts in the next year or so um, as we re-engage with the world. 
you know, as you were talking about the flexibility of space to adapt to what the, the, the people that are consuming it are needing, I, I have this image in my head of, was, we've all seen it, especially in hotel lobbies where they're not so adaptable, where, you know, maybe there's a convention and you see the struggle to try to be social and meet. And it's like, you see people sitting on the backs of lounge chairs and, and you know, you're all trying to cram into a space that just simply doesn't work. You know, I see that and it's like, and how, you know, it's like it, that, that's actually something to really look forward to is a space that's dynamic enough to, to kind of cope and adapt with all that, those different requirements. Um, I want to know if there's something very tangible, very basic, that's going to change forever in hospitality. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, and it sounds so basic, but I think the handshake is gone. (laughs) Mm, Interesting. Yeah, I think, um, and, and you know, in hospitality, you know, a handshake meant something, you know, when you arrive to a hotel, someone comes around behind the counter, hands you your key, and and shakes your hand and says, welcome. Um, We are going to have to rethink how we welcome people and how we feel comfortable um, to greet and accept someone into our space and into our our minds without these typical, you know, physical manifestations of welcome, you know, high fives or handshakes or hugs I've, I've literally been around people that I would normally hug so tight, a kiss on the cheek, and they themselves are just like, oh, you know, hold up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, love, love, love you, but can you, can you just kind of give me my space? Um, I've been in meetings where I want to, you know, shake uh, hands, because that's sort of, for me, again, growing up in the South, you know, there's some sort of, you know, context to respect that comes through that and right. finding that, you know, Hey, maybe elbows are better or a bow or um, simply, you know, like a, I, I kind of call it like the jazz hand thing where you just kind of, you know, you're, you're trying, you're trying to give some sort of cue that I am welcoming you into my space without touching. Yeah. Oh, I think that's, wow. that's... that's like step one. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally step one. Oh my gosh. There's a lot. Like, I just like want to keep going on here because, well, first of all, I want to get into the idea of welcoming and, and how it plays into design. I'd love to hear about how technology plays a role in that, right? Just imagining ahead a little bit. But I also just, I'm super curious about, yeah, I mean, th- there is, there is a, an opportunity for a, a major new like behavior to be indoctrined into our culture. Um, which is going to be interesting because I don't think anything has taken the lead yet. I mean, the fist bump, you know, I don't think <laughs> I don't I don't see a fist bump when I when I show up at the uh, at the Ritz Carlton, you know. Right, so like, right. is there something that can give us the same sort of formality? You know, can it be too formal? Like, I actually love the notion of a bow and what it means and kind of what you're showing another person. But I mean that already has its significance and attachment to, to something else in the world. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really curious to, to kind of like see what takes form there. Me too. Me too. And, you know, you talked about welcoming from, you know, design perspective. 
and you know it's it's so funny i am a designer right and i need clients to hire myself and my team to design for these environments but so often my practice and sort of approach to design comes from a lot of uh, more operational aspects you know it it's not necessarily the design of a desk, but it's the design of the arrival. It's the design of that, that, that threaded experience. So, you know, I think, again, there were signs of this prior to COVID, so it's not a new concept, but I think it will become a much broader requirement is the idea of beginning the arrival before you even step foot in the place. Wow. You know, when, when you go online to book your stay, um, what's the next step after that? You know, there there's a ton of, you know, entities, hotels that just, you know, they waited till you got there. Um, and now I see the benefit of doing something through technology, like you described, to begin to speak to your guests before they even get there, so that they kind of feel as though you're you're excited. For their arrival, you may be sharing information with that guest to prepare them to understand the physical space that they're going into. That could be really cool. You know, messages about how that hotel has, in fact, prepared for your safe arrival. That'd be super neat, right? Just like a couple tips. Yeah. Hey, when you come in, this is what's going to happen. Um, you know, we can give you the option of a, of a touch experience or a no touch experience. Like that, again, kind of goes back to guest choice. Like give me the choice because for, for I swear, for like a year or more, you're going to continue to see people at different speeds of their return. And I don't even know if you could say it's return to normal, but it's just their return to society from right. the hibernation <laughs> of the pandemic. <laughs> um you know, I love the text message feature. I don't know if you've, you know, I don't know if you've stayed at oh, a yeah. couple places where they text you like, Hey, this is Alan or Hey, this is Jessica. just wanted to prepare you. Do you, you know, is everything okay with your stay? Um, I think that's going to be huge because it gives you the ability to still feel you're welcome. You'll, you'll still get that sense of service, but it's going to be at your own comfort level to not necessarily physically one-to-one engage with someone all the time or, you know, physically touch them. So I think we've got a lot to focus on in design about what happens before you even get to the door. And that's, I think, another huge opportunity to capture. Yeah. I mean, an, an expectation because people are already forming an expectation before they get to the door regardless of whether you've intentionally influenced them or not, right? I've gone online. I picked this place for a reason. I've got an idea in my head. Now I arrive, you know, if you've done nothing to just kind of at least shape some of that, um, there could be kind of a difference. And that's happened to me, you know, where you, where you book something and then you get there and you're like, oh, I thought this was going to be different, you know? So I, there's absolutely a connection there. Has there ever been a, um, a hospitality experience that, that really just took you away that just blew your mind. Yeah. I, you know, I think it, um, you know, I'm so blessed to be able to 
you know, go to a number of really interesting hotels through our work because with what we do at DLR is we try to really put truth to experience, you know, so we don't just talk about these hotels and how they're cool. We've actually been there and stayed there. Um, but, you know, just speaking on this arrival topic, there was a hotel that I stayed at in New York um, where when you walked in, you were sort of greeted by a very small, very quaint uh, arrival area, very, very small. And the associate says, well, you know, as part of our um, checking you in, we'd love it if you set an intention for your day. And I looked over to the side and there was this mm. beautiful um, bowl, you know, it's just very artisan handcrafted bowl full of water. And there were a variety of botanicals or, you know, rose petals that you could place into the water. And um, my colleague and I were just kind of so struck because we're, we're like, oh my goodness, I, yes, let's let's set an intention for our stay. Um, and that really, for me, was one of the first few arrival experiences where it totally just took me off guard, but in such a positive way because it it sort of asked of me, you know, what are you going to do? with your stay or, or just hmm. what's your mindset? Like what mood are you in? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought like, dang, that is so simple. It's so easy. It's very, you know, cost effective to set up. Um, and that memory and that intention, it really stuck with me for the rest of the trip. And, and so I think, I think sometimes again, design can really embrace some very simple strategies like that. Yeah, I could see how that would be very striking. I'm even like envisioning this. I'm envisioning myself in your shoes now, and I'm thinking, like, man, what if I had a little a little room I had to walk through to get to the shower every morning? And somebody somebody asked me that question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I think you know, seventy five percent of the time, I'd be excited about it. And then the other 25% of the time, I'd be like, man, this is just exhausting. <laughs> I can't think that hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I love that. I love the word intention, too. That's just really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and obviously, you you may find that, you know, not every guest is uh, really interested in being spiritually grounded. <laughs> um, and that, and that's, that's okay. You know, that's okay. You're giving the guests the choice. You can either do it and, and really lean into that experience, or you can say, you could say nothing at all. You could just take your key and go to your room. Um, so that felt really important about it as well, that it, it wasn't yeah. a requirement. Right. Right. <laughs> do this to get a room key. No, I I, uh, <laughs> I think that's really cool. That's really cool. And you're right to to have that opportunity. I think most people would be caught off guard and delighted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I was going to just offer, you know, some of the other things that I believe that we're seeing in hospitality. You know, we we spoke about just making this, you know, intention on your arrival. And I, I really sort of see 
there to be almost like three guest types as we, you know, reemerge here, you know, post pandemic or at least into the the frame where again vaccinations are coming through. And I, I really feel as though we're gonna see three guest types that are either one, you know, sort of a, a worth based group of people. Um, I really believe that these people are going to be driving. Um, they are going to be looking for how they can, you know, return to hospitality, have a trip with the most value that they can possibly find. Mm. Um, this is going to be, you know, and this is not a new concept, but I think it's still going to be uh, something that we need to focus on. But, you know, what is a trip that I can take within a 500 mile radius? So I don't need to get on an airplane. Um, what are some places that maybe are in my backyard that are economical? Um, you know, when we all get back into the office, there's going to be a little bit more laser focus on us kind of catching up, um, if you will, to our camaraderie and our especially designers, you know, it's just re-engaging back into that studio environment. So you're going to probably see some people be a little bit hesitant to take longer vacations. I kind of see them being more of like a weekender. And so I, I kind of see that as one group. And then, you know, going back to setting that intention, I think another big group is going to be this sort of morality, ethics, um, very conscious, present, you know, spiritually kind of led group of individuals who are going to start to really ask more questions about the place that they're going and the hotel that they're choosing to stay at. I think they're going to be very interested in knowing, you know, is this hotel providing um, the most optimal amount of jobs? Are they treating their employees with inclusivity and diversity? Are they providing back to their community in ways? Um, are they, you know, is the hotel really a part of the network to rebuild the whole industry? Um, and then what are some ways in which the hotel is going to kind of for them um, give back to their own mental wellness? Um, so I kind of see that as a, as a primary force. And right. then, you know, just, just the third, I think kind of goes, like you said a minute earlier, which is like, when we, you know, bust out of here, like these, these experiences, we're going to want, there's, I, I really believe there's a third group that's really going to want them to be just like off the charts, you know, like bucket yeah. list, you know, they're crazy. They're a rush of the, you know, just like the, the adrenaline in your blood. They're going to be exotic, you know, like, they're just, they're going to be those um, bucket listers, I think, that, hey, if you've never been to the Grand Canyon, you need to go. Um, because I think there's this notion of um, the pandemic that's pulled into frame, like, what are we doing with our lives? And, you know, right. I can work, 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 work. But, you know, maybe you should try to live a little and, and obviously travel is a big part of a segment of those who feel like that's, you know, them living their lives is, is really traveling. So I think with these three segments, it's going to be very interesting to start to design for those, 
whether it's a new project or a renovation, and, and maybe even how somehow, maybe they all blend. You know, maybe we can achieve these three segments in one space. Okay, the next time you're brushing your teeth in the morning and you're getting ready to start that big 15 second commute to your home office, or maybe you're putting on your shoes and you're actually heading out the door and into work, pause and set your intention for the day. You know, I just love this conversation with Stacy. And aside from her insights and design, I was reminded of just how special it is to get out into the world and have these well-designed experiences. And when that design is just special enough, how you can take that experience with you and it makes you better. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would really appreciate a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. To discover more design stories, visit us at OFS.com backslash imagine a place. From OFS, I'm Doug Shapiro, and you've been listening to Imagine a Place.